Friday. I'd like to introduce our next two speakers to you uh, for our next session. With is Fryer, the international learning consultant, author, digital storyteller, educator, and change agent. With respect to school change, he describes himself as a catalyst for creative engagement and collaborative learning. Wesley is the executive director of the nonprofit Story Chasers Incorporated, the lead partner in Celebrate Oklahoma Voices and Celebrate Kansas Voices Digital Storytelling Project. His blog, Moving at the Speed of Creativity, which can be found at www.speedofcreativity.org, was selected as the 2006 Best Learning Series blog by eSchool News and Discovery Education, and is utilized regularly by thousands of educators worldwide. He teaches technology integration courses for pre-service teachers and an adjunct instructor at the University of Central Oklahoma, and has served as co-convener for the annual K-12 online conference since it began in 2006. Wesley became a Google Certified Teacher in 2009, was named an Apple Distinguished Educator in 2005, and is a 1992 graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy and a Fulbright Scholar. He's an active member of the Education Committee of the Oklahoma Creativity Project. His educational background includes service as an elementary education classroom teacher, campus technology integration specialist, college director of distance learning, state director for education advocacy for AT&T, and the director of technology for a state historical association. Wesley is the co-author of the forthcoming book and framework, Powerful Ingredients for Blended Learning with Karen Montgomery. Our co-speaker today is Karen Montgomery. Karen is a dynamic creative educator with a broad knowledge of the potential and actual uses of education technology and currently works as a senior collaborator and business development executive with Educational Collaborators. Educational Collaborators is an international consulting organization comprised of many of the best practitioners in the field of education. Karen's background includes professional experience as a middle school science and math teacher, program coordinator for the Adventures in Medicine and Science, AIM, program at St. Louis University School of Medicine, and as an education advocate for AT&T. Throughout her career, she has assisted many educators with understanding the issues and trends in education by way of conference presentations, quality community outreach, outreach programs, content-based staff instruction, customized professional development workshops, and H.323 video processing projects. She possesses a strong understanding of social media and Web 2.0 applications, such as blogging, wikis, podcasting, mobile learning, photo sharing, social networking, and RSS as it relates to education in today's classrooms and the next generation. Karen and Wesley have partnered many times with co-presenters at conferences and for professional development workshops. Please help me welcome Wesley Fryer and Karen Montgomery.
for Nokia, we don't get anything for sharing our ad with you. But I really think that particular video frames well some of the discussions that we need to have about social media and about technology. Because we are living in the midst of an incredible day. In fact, I would say it's the most exciting day for learning ever. Because if you think about how learning has traditionally happened, like this morning, you had to come to a place at any time and listen to the person share their own. Revolutionize your classroom. 
It is a tool. It is one thing that we can use. But when we talk about having our decision making, and when we talk about needing to bring the real world in, engage in, and use tools, not just to listen and consume information, but to create it and interact with it, using these kinds of tools can be a way to engage our 21st century students and to also have the conversations about why we need to learn in school how to be appropriate with our cell phones. Have any of you had the experience of dating your significant other or boyfriend or girlfriend and having that person bring out that screen? I had this communication real clearly uh, a couple years ago with my wife because we thought, how many screens do you have at the house? Not only that television, but probably have a computer of some kind, and you might have a smartphone, your kids might have a PS, a smartphone device. when I'm supposed to be focused and paying attention to my significant other. So that is uh, a little tool that we want to uh, let you know about. Let's discuss the headlines. And I'm sure that you've heard some of these. Facebook received more page views in December of 2010 than any other website. received 8.9% of all U.S. web visits. Eclipsing Google for the first time ever. And it is a pretty remarkable thing to see what is happening now in Facebook. And it, there are books like The Long Tail by Chris Anderson that talk about network effects. The big are only going to get bigger in some context. It doesn't mean small folks and disruptive, you know, companies can't come in and move in. But uh, if I was investing, I think Facebook's a pretty good investment. I think Google's a pretty good investment. I think Apple's a pretty good investment. And this is a big headline. By a show of hands right now, how many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand. All right, hands down. How many of you have learned something interesting or particularly valuable about following your family because you're on Facebook? Yes, I think it's worth a great you sit down with your child and say, are just continuing to explode more than 500 million users. We, on average, have 133 million on Facebook. And if you're one of the statistics, you don't want to hear about the photos over New Year's. Okay, what do you know? Yesterday, to be able to 
share media and to collaborate. If you haven't heard about the state of Virginia's new policy on social networking, you should, because they are going the wrong way with policy. They are considering a policy which would ban every single educator in the entire state from using any kind of texting or social media or websites that permit interaction with students. What caught my attention in this rewrite web article, which is from January the 9th of 2011, is that this is in response to the 120 actions the state has had to take against employees for sexual misconduct against minors since 2000. How many of those actions related to sexual misconduct were Facebook related? How many employees are there in our schools in Virginia? Are we responding in a proactive, thoughtful, and deliberate way, or are we simply being reactive and thinking, as some folks have in the past, that if we ban all of these tools, we'll all be good?
probably good to mention that when you set up a site of some kind, when you're using some kind of a site with students, it's always good to have moderation turned on. My daughter is in fifth grade at the beginning of the last year, fourth grade, I guess, recorded a response to President Obama's video and it's just a YouTube and it's viral and it's been seen over 190,000 times all over the world. So glad I turned the moderation on on the comments. Received over 2,500 before I finally turned it off. There's a lot of fear today with respect to social media. There's a lot of fear with respect to change in general. And fear is nothing new. I mean, how many of us remember uh, in school practicing the, um, the, the, the attack order, the nuclear attack? You may remember doing you know, those kind of drills. Fear has been with us forever. But we believe it is much better for a community, for a school, to adopt a policy, and in our case, what we're talking about, to have guidelines for social media use that are not simply based on fear. If you go to the Twitter hashtag today, I can guarantee you there are going to be some people who have posted some, some rude things um, about this event. The majority of the tweets that we saw this morning were very positive, and there are different ways to use social media, and we're going to talk about some of those case studies. How many of you are on Twitter? Anybody using Twitter? A lot more on Facebook than on Twitter, but there's over 175 million registered users today, and accounts are being added at 370,000 uh, per day. On a daily basis, 95 million tweets, which is 140 characters or less, are being shared throughout Twitter. And the difference is, if I send you a text message on your phone, I've got to get your phone number to send it. That's a one to a limited number of communication media. Sometimes when my wife had surgery on Wednesday, I didn't want to tell the world um, when, you know, what her status was, but I wanted to tell my parents and her parents. So I sent a text message and went right to their four phones. Twitter, on the other hand, lets it go out to the world, and there's not any limit to how many people can see those messages. We're going to talk about some case studies of schools, of school districts, and classrooms that are using this as a way to communicate with their constituents, with everybody in their community. You want to talk a little bit about Twitter for teachers? Uh, Twitter for teachers is a page where um, you can't go
stuff. We've got some different people saying different things that are not responsive to our question, but we've got others that aren't. But isn't that kind of amazing? Well, you know what? We like to say,
schools are very hesitant to move in this direction. Folks, we have got to help our students learn how to use the incredibly powerful tools that are now at their fingertips. Is anybody out there happy that when they were a teenager, your friends didn't have a device in their pocket that could record a video and be shared with the world? You know, I'm kind of glad about that. But like it or not, this is the world that we live in. So, thinking about how our students might have been able to participate in this kind of Creativity World Forum project, given the state of content filtering, given the rules we have about devices, given the permission or the prohibition for students and teachers to use these tools, I think is a good conversation. Let's go to our second case study, and this is a case study regarding teen suicide. I was told this story last year, and it actually involves teen suicide. The student involved in this is still in school, and so the teacher doesn't want to go public to tell all of this on, on his blog. But in order to tell the story and set this up, I created a short little video on a site called Extract Normal. Have you heard this? Any writing pieces of it? You may need to write it. Please 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 write it. This is going to be a video from the setting of the scene from about 2006 when my training was all the rage. Because here we're talking about things that are happening outside of schools that affect them. 
apologize on my child's behalf for taking the picture, but I also am going to defend them because the principal and the technology coordinator did not uh, fully prepare themselves for this type of situation. Yes, we want our kids to have netbooks, but we have to think they're kids. And if you don't prepare them and give them rules, they're going to break those rules and do things that people don't want them to do. Uh, so I am uh, upset with my child, but at the same time, I'm upset with this issue. Well, first of all, nobody told me that it was even wrong. Actually, it was a really good picture. We weren't doing anything that we don't do any other day in math class. I just took a picture. Your daughter also has a Facebook of her own. I'll be glad to take it off, but I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. And your daughter's got some pictures of her in a bikini on Facebook. Just saying. We appreciate the students and parents taking responsibilities for their children's actions, and uh, we uh, look forward to uh, creating a policy that's going to serve the needs of our parents, our students, and our staff in the future. Uh, clearly speaking on a hypothetical situation uh, with a hypothetical set of policies and procedures, we will be implementing such procedures uh, at the uh, at the at the next at our next meeting. Um, and we thank thank each of the parties involved for um, engaging us and participating in a dialogue uh, that will certainly play a big role in the implementation of those policies and procedures. I really don't fault the child or his parents. I really do fault the school district for not taking care of my child, not having security on the things that they have purchased, and you will be talking to my lawyer tomorrow. <laughs> well, when she talks to the lawyer, I hope that she leaves my child out of it. But uh, remember, you are at school, we're in 2010 now, we're not in 1980, and people are doing things on the internet, and kids are interested, and this is what they want to do, and the school district provided it for them without rules. So uh, when you do talk to your lawyer, please leave us out of it. <laughs> Anything else you want to do? Thank you. All right, let's give them a round of applause. Okay. All right. Can we get our yeah? Let me do our, get our mics again. Here we go. Okay. I'll try it up here. Okay. Um, so, knee-jerk reaction in this situation it would be to what? Uh, Okay, well, you know, we've got, the, we've got these netbooks. The first reaction or response of the school was turning the netbook cameras off, disabling all of them. Um, they didn't do that. They discussed that. What they actually did do was they asked the student who had posted the picture to please take it off his Facebook, which he did do without anything other than, and I'm sorry, and I won't do it again. 
the parents of the daughter or the girl that was posted in the picture. Now, she was one of several people in the picture. It just happened that one parent uh, found out and was upset about the picture being posted without permission. The school did have a media release policy where parents signed, but it wasn't a picture taken by the school, so they didn't feel they could fall back on that. Uh, what they did put together was a one-page addendum to their AUP. They, they've already done a responsible use policy for the netbooks, but this situation wasn't handled. Social media wasn't discussed. Um, they did have a good communication plan and a team already in place. So that team got together, put together a one-page social media guideline, uh, thinking through some of the things that they thought could happen, uh, and then it also posted that on their website, let parents know that that was out there, and that this summer, when the next books are collected back up, and hopefully next year's students will receive that books also, they would be working on a, a more of a overarching policy on social media. Um, but they handled it, in my opinion, very well because it, it did turn out uh, to be a, a positive in, in the way that they, they looked at some things and said, well, we've got work to do. Uh, the parent, you know, our parent was a little more irate than I think the parent of the actual student, uh, which is okay. Some parents will react that way. Uh, but we, they did put together something very quickly. It's kind of an addendum and are forming a committee to work on a more um, overarching social media guideline. And some of the resources we're going to show you are resources that they are using and have been using to develop their guideline. One of the most important things to keep in mind is this is not just about internet safety. This is not just about policy. This is about digital citizenship. to her and uh, I said something about I needed a picture of an ostrich with their head in the sand. She said, well, I can draw one of those for you. She also drew the genie. I don't know if anybody knows the genie earlier, but she drew, she's drawn me several other pictures for upcoming presentations, so um, that's, that's where that picture came from. Yeah, right. uh, real briefly, and we've only got about five minutes left here, let's talk a little bit about Francis how what happened. We had at one point thought about checking and this is the district that I live in, and two years ago, we started to look at social media guidelines, had some tech coordinators, uh, the library media specialists, the 
Chuck, director of CIO, a couple of parents, a couple of teachers, and they formed a committee because they were really wanting to use things like blogs and wikis in the classroom and, and Skype and some other things, and they had teachers asking to use these things in their classroom. And so to be proactive, they thought, we really need to start looking at a, a guideline or policy. And part of this was about opening these things up in their classrooms. They didn't want to have Skype available all the time for all students to be able to Skype at any time, but they wanted to have a seamless, easy, to, easy way that teachers could request the use of that. So that was part of this. That was a catalyst. But then how do we help our parents, our students, our teachers understand how to interact on places like a blog? If we're going to blog with our students, what is our expectation for the students when they blog? What is the expectation if parents are on the blog? Do we want parents to be able to comment? Do we want parents to have a certain role in this, or do we want to not do that? So they started and they formed a committee, um, created a wiki, uh, very similar to what IBM uh, did at the beginning, and this is the, the actual wiki, uh, a picture of that, um, and asked for contributors. And several people from various places got on and made suggestions. They created a student, a faculty, and a parent guideline. Uh, they are now at the last stages in their board. They're a year-round school district. They're at the last stages. The board has made some changes. Um, you know, we had to get the lawyers to come in and make sure that what they were putting together was, was something they could put out to all of the students. So it should be in their school handbook for next year. Um, I can't share with you what the actual policy looks like at this point because it hasn't been approved by the board. But if you go to this wiki page, it gives you, uh, we, we really wrote this as school district X and found resources that um, anyone in any school district could use. It's Creative Commons license, so you can you can pull some of the information down and use it if you if your school starts to do this. But they did get everyone involved. They did a couple of parent meetings where they actually had parents come and talk about some of the social media their children were using, things like Facebook. Uh, also highlighted the use of Twitter that was being used by some high school students um, in their journalism and in media classes. Uh, they now have on their website a Twitter link and also a Facebook uh, page that they've created for the district, and they're promoting this uh, on their own on their own school website as a way for parents in the community to find out what's happening in the school. So they're really moving. So it's not just hypothetical. You know, this this school district is moving that direction. They've done a lot of the things and talked about a lot of the things that we've talked about this morning. One of the most important things I encourage you to do is to get connected with other educators who are working in the community. And we have a Facebook page that we would encourage you to join. Uh, that much, everything else you share today is going to be sent to your email address. Also, go to the website.